Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Adi Arizini, and we're going to talk about influencer marketing strategy to scale a business. You are going to find this absolutely fascinating if you want to scale your business with influencer marketing. By the way, if you want to reach me on Instagram, I am at Stelzner, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And if you're new to this podcast, hit the subscribe button. I've got an amazing lineup coming your way. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Adi Arizini. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Adi Arizini. If you don't know who Adi is, you need to know who she is. She is an influencer marketing expert. She's also the CEO and co-founder of Teamy Blends, a lifestyle brand that creates products inspired by the natural benefits of tea. Adi, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Michael. I am very excited to have you. Today, we're going to explore influencer marketing, and I really feel like we're going to go deep, everybody. You guys are going to be completely blown away by the insight that Adi has. Now, before we get into influencer marketing, I would love to unpack your story a little bit. Talk about how you began working with influencers, and if you want to talk about how you started your business, wherever you want to go. Tell us your amazing story. <laughs> well, you know, I decided at a at the age of 19 that I was going to join the military and I did a two year service in the military. I was kind of really lost in my life. 
I never took the SATs. I have been working, you know, hustling, making money since I was nine years old because that was what my situation was like growing up that I needed to take care of myself and I needed to make money and be productive. And at the age of 19, I felt like I was, you know, I needed more purpose. I needed to do something. So I decided to join the military and uh, I was a combat fitness instructor for two years, mm. which was an incredible experience where I got to tell boys to do push ups and uh, climb rope and jump over walls like every woman's dream. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. And toward the end of my military service, because I was eating the food from the cafeteria, and the food is made for two to 3,000 people at a time. So you're not talking high quality, organic farm to table, fresh, you're not, you know, they're using very generic oils, very generic products um, that are mass produced. And I started having really bad stomach issues to the point where I couldn't go to the bathroom more than one time per week, which is really unhealthy for your digestive system and for your gut. And I was around 21 at the time and I had tried everything, drinking more water, exercising more, eating more fiber. I was trying all of these different things. And uh, when I finished my military service, that's when I started looking into this problem that I had because I was not able to solve it for such a long time. And I just honestly became addicted to coffee because coffee would help me go to the bathroom. Mm. And that's what led me to start my business, which started with our 30-day detox program, which is a tea-based detox program that helps reset and cleanse your gut. And that's what I found was the issue with me. And I have found that that can be the issue for many, many people out there in the world that are having bloating and stomach problems, digestive issues. And that's what really started the business. So what year did you start the business? And talk to us about like how you ended up working with influencers. We started the business, the concept in 2013, toward the end of it around October. And our first month of sales was April, 2014. Okay. And I had made a hundred units of this product and I had made some other products as well, some other tea blends. We just had them in my bedroom where I lived with my mom and I would pack up the orders to people's houses. But bringing it back, it was, how do I, I have this idea. I made this product. How do I get it out there into the world? I'm not a celebrity. I am 23 years old. I have no idea how to get my products into like Whole Foods or retail stores. It all sounded too difficult to do. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't have any experience at all. And at the time, so think about where Instagram was seven years ago. It was so different than it is today. I'm actually shocked at how it's expanded and changed over the last seven years because seven years ago, It wasn't a shopping network. It was more about photography, uh, a lot of, you know, girls on the beach and pictures of coffee. And that's like what Instagram was, if you remember, Michael, seven years ago. Right. But we started seeing that a lot of people were promoting products and brands on Instagram. And my business partner and I decided that would be our method of marketing because it was the easiest Uh, lowest barrier to entry. And it was something that I could say, I could figure this out where I didn't, I didn't like feel that I could figure out Facebook ads. I didn't have the money to do that. I didn't have the money to create high quality video content, 
didn't have photographers. We didn't have videographers. And I had no influence of my own. So that's how we decided to use the influence of others to promote our products. And tell us kind of now what it's done for your business. And then we'll kind of unpack a little bit of how to work with influencers. But how has that, how did that decision that you made so long ago to work with people that had influence on Instagram, how did it move the needle for your business? Huge. We still today get the majority of our sales and traffic from influencer marketing. That is kind of our bread and butter. That is our surefire way to expose uh, individuals to our brand. And back then, um, I started with an Excel spreadsheet and contacting influencers. And very soon, I realized that there is a method to the madness and that you have to do it in a particular way in order for it to work. And it does take time and patience. So it's been huge. And to fully answer your question, we've grown into a multi-million dollar brand through using influencers as our main source of income. So would you say more than half your revenue probably has been over the years has been a result of this particular thing we're about to talk about? Is that a fair assessment? I would say 70 to 80 percent. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Of initial traffic. I'm not talking about remarketing and all the rest of the and email marketing, right? So all we have to take all that to consideration, but top of funnel people finding out about our brand and entering the teamy community that from people that don't know about us at all, I would say 70 to 80%. And how did you learn to do what you're going to be telling us about today? Through trial and error experience. I was just starting my business. And when you're at the beginning of something, you have more time to learn the ins and outs of how it works. And I didn't have any other commitments. I was just focusing on this method of marketing. And when I started to see that it worked, I decided, oh, why don't I just do more of that? And I can scale my business. If something's working, how can I do more of the thing that's working? How many influencers, and this is obviously a guess, but how many influencers do you think you've worked with over the years? I can tell you that um, not over the years, but I can tell you that on a monthly basis, we work with about a thousand influencers every month Wow! on an ongoing basis. So you've worked with many thousands of influencers over the years then I'm presuming, right? Right, right. Awesome. Okay, so folks, this is why I wanted to bring Adi on because she has done what other people teach and have not done. <laughs> She's done I know it. A lot of people talk about influencer marketing as, right. as, as an idea, right. as in like, you know, you should just, are you doing influencer marketing? Like consultants will ask. Right. And they don't know what it actually takes to make it happen. Right. So why do you think working with influencers is valuable? Because there's some people listening right now that are skeptical and they might think, eh, you know, that's not for me. It's not going to do anything for my business. What's the value proposition, especially to the smaller businesses who don't maybe have huge, you know, um, profiles out there on the social platforms? What's the advantage to them? The advantage is that you are getting recommendations from other people that are trusted. So you have to remember that at the end of the day, the sister that recommends a product to her mother or to her person, that is the best converting customer is somebody that recommends to someone else. So what Instagram has done, it's allowed these influence to create trust with that person, even though they don't know them. 
And people become so linked to these influencers that they say, wow, if she recommends it, I have to try it because I trust her. So that's number one is you have to understand the value of that instead of, for example, paid ads, it's a totally different ball game because no one's really recommending it. It's more, you know, do you want this product and did they sell it well? So number one is the recommendation. Number two is the social proof. I feel like that's forgotten about a lot. You're going to get a lot of social proof from this in the sense of people are going to be asking questions. People are going to be going to your Instagram profile. They're going to be going to your website just to check you out because somebody recommended you just because they want to see what it's all about. So you're going to get traffic always. You're going to get Instagram followers. And at the end of it all, you're going to get sales. So of course, what we're going after is the sale, but it has all these other extra benefits. Uh, Like we get thousands of new followers every week and it's not from some Instagram growth tactic that I have going on. I don't have any Instagram growth tactic that I'm doing other than, you know, using hashtags and giveaways and that type of stuff. But the way that people are following us and finding out about us is because of the massive exposure on social from these influencers. Well, and a lot of what you're talking about here is concepts that transcend social media, right? Word of mouth marketing, right? is like the old fashioned way of marketing before there was the internet, which I remember because I'm old enough to remember, you know, and many of us are, (laughs) Um, you told someone like, you know, when you're in the military, somebody told somebody else, right? Hey, check this out. Before you know it, your whole military battalion or whatever you call it, right? We're talking about it, right? And that's the way the world works with marketing, because I would much rather hear from someone I trust, hey, you got to check this out, right? And maybe I don't know that person on social media, but maybe it's my daughter who watches that person. And I trust my daughter. And she says to me, dad, you got to check this out. Try this thing, this teamy blend thing. Right. And that has a big impact on marketing. And then I also like the, the social proof side of it too, because maybe people will not buy today, but they'll be aware of who you are now. Right. Which is a key part, right? Like if they're not aware of your solution, when they need a product, they might not consider you, right? So they might recommend you to someone else downstream when someone else has the same kinds of concerns that your product is designed to to solve. Yeah. And what we get a lot and what I got a lot over the years is people would say to me, oh, I've heard about Teamy. Or they would say to me, oh, that you're everywhere. And that that has nothing to do with, they don't know the inside of my business. They don't know if I'm making sales, not making sales, but it definitely, because there's so much exposure, it gives them the feeling of it's everywhere, which really helped us grow in the beginning as well. That is a very important form of marketing and she's getting it through influencers. Now, some people are hearing you talk about Instagram a lot and they might be wondering, well, can this also be done on YouTube? Can this also be done on TikTok? Can this also be done on Facebook? Is the stuff we're talking about only for Instagram or does it work on any platform? It works on any platform. We're actually big on YouTube influencers um, because of the fact that obviously YouTube, they're getting perpetual views uh, and it's almost like you get more bang for your buck on YouTube. So I absolutely, we do a much bigger majority on Instagram than on YouTube because The Instagram content can be produced quickly where a YouTube video for a YouTuber, it might take them longer to make the video, edit the video and put it up. 
So that's really the give and take is that YouTube, if you close the influencer to work with you, it could take you three weeks before you get a video up. With an Instagram influencer, you might be able to get something in a week or two. But the flip side of that, like you said, is that Instagram video could end up being indexed in search and it could just keep delivering over and over again. I'm, I'm sorry, the YouTube video. Yes. But the Instagram thing, it might only be seen for a day or two, right? Presumably, right? right. And so what we do is we just do a blend. Got it. All right. So are there different kinds of influencers? Meaning are there small influencers and big influencers? Like what's your take on like who should be an influencer? Absolutely. So you have micro influencers, which are the small ones, and you have macro influencers, which are the big ones. And the way that we internally look at the micro influencers is anyone from 5,000 to 100,000 followers would be considered a micro influencer in our eyes. Mm -hmm. Some other companies, they might think about, think that it caps out at 50 or 80. That's how we personally look at it, like 80 to 100,000. And above that, uh, we're talking about macro influencers. Usually with micro influencers, you're able to create a partnership that is based off of commission. And that is extremely important for profitability when working with influencer marketing. And when you're working with the macro influencers, it's very rare that someone will work with you on a commission basis. They're almost always paid up front. And it's a different ballgame there. So because you're selling a consumer product, you're going for these bigger followers. I would imagine if somebody is selling a product that's super niche, right? If they're just targeting like police department captains, or if they're just targeting like business to business, they wouldn't need as big. The industry is only so big, right? But your industry is massive because you're targeting a big, big, big audience. But I heard you say you've got to decide what a micro influencer is kind of for depending on the size of your industry, right? But if it's a consumer-based product, like what you're selling, I would imagine anything over a hundred thousand is kind of a macro is kind of your, your take on things. Is that fair? Absolutely. Uh, but I do want to go back and say, if you have a very niche product, like you said, for police officers or something, you can source influencers that are specifically have to do with guns, for example. And, and then you're going to find micro and macro influencers within that community of people. Uh, so even if you have a niche product, it doesn't mean you're necessarily limited to the influencers that you use. It's almost makes it easier for you because you know exactly who needs to recommend your product. Now, 5,000, what's the magic number with 5,000? Does it mean that they've worked hard enough on Instagram, for example, that they've hit a certain level? I'm just curious where that lower level threshold comes in. It's because we've tried working with the 1,000 to in, to 5,000 range and they just don't perform. So that's how we came up with that. It just doesn't mean really anything. I'm sure that if you, it's just like, not worth our time because right. it didn't have a good result. Now, you you mentioned something about commission versus a flat rate. There's a side of me that thinks if you hit somebody like with 70,000 subscribers and they really crush it for your product, it might be more costly to give them a commission than a flat rate. But help me understand what's the pros and cons to commissions versus flat rates. It's not really about the brand. It's more about uh, when an influencer, no matter what platform they're on, have reached a certain level they themselves feel that they deserve to be paid up front. So they don't want to do commission anymore. Ah. And it's like you're buying real estate on their platform. I see. Because they're going to be promoting your product. And if they feel that their value is such and such, 
that's what they're going to be asking for. And what we've had to do over the years is say, who is valuable at that rate and who is not? You always want to negotiate with the influencers and you always want to know for yourself how risky is it to be paying that them that. And through the last seven years, we've been able through my strategy to take risks. And believe me, Michael, we can lose money on new macro influencers every single month, but we test because we'll find a few that are like very powerful, super worth the money. And we'll, we'll test a couple and they'll just tank. Mm -hmm. So we're able to take those risks, but that is not what I would suggest for someone starting out. Got it. Well, let's talk about your strategy before we get down the rabbit trail here. What is your strategy exactly? Well, if you would be okay with it, I'd like to tell you how I started how sure. that strategy, because for anybody listening, it might be overwhelming to think about how much money we spend every month on influencer marketing, right? And I want them to know, I want everybody listening to know how simple it can be. So when I started, I only worked with micro-influencers. And the reason why it's really important to do that is because you have to have the confidence in what type of accounts work and what type of accounts don't work. So when you are working with a micro-influencer, you send them your product. You want to make sure that they get it. You want to follow up. You want to schedule a time for them to post. You want to also give them direction on what kind of content you want them to be producing, whether it's a video, a story, a, a picture, what is it that you want them to produce? And you have to give them a discount code. And through that discount code, you're going to be able to track their sales. And this is really important because once you start tracking the sales of, of the influencers that you're working with, you're going to see that certain influencers for example, well, oh my God, this person got me three sales in one week. That's amazing. That's really good for people based off of commission. So what is it about this influencer? And you go into that person's account and you say, what is it about this person? And let's say, for example, you realize that she is a mom and she's really authentic with her fans. Her fans are asking her for a lot of recommendations and you find things, right? That about that person that you say, okay, now how do I go get more people exactly like this person so that you can scale in that way? And doing this with at least 50 accounts is how you get started. You want to test with 50 accounts, a little bit of different niches here and there, and then you're going to be able to see, okay, yoga accounts, none of them made sales. So obviously don't work with yoga accounts anymore. All the mom accounts, they really worked. But Certain mom accounts worked better than others. What's the differentiation there? And food accounts and recipe accounts, they didn't work at all. So when you find that out, it gives you a, almost like a compass of who else to work with so that you're not just like working with everybody because they, you think that they're cool on mm -hmm. Instagram. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is when you get started, start with the micro influencers and be really clear when you communicate with them what the expectations are give them discount codes so you can track it and maybe start out with like 50 different micro influencers so that across a variety of different kinds of niches so that you can know whether or not you can get some data right out of the beginning and know maybe you have five of this type and five of this type, so on mm -hmm. and so forth. Right. And then you're kind of just watching for patterns and trends to decide which ones you should go deeper into. Is that what I'm hearing you say so far? 100%. 
So I would love to ask, first of all, how in the world do we find these people? Any thoughts on that? Yes. So number one, um, there's lots of different softwares, but you have to pay for these tools. So softwares, for example, there's one called Grin that is a paid tool that you can use and you can search for a keyword that you put in someone's bio. You can search for different things. Is it spelled just like it sounds, just G-R-I-N? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. But for anybody that is starting out that does not want to use a paid tool for years, and we still do this today, Instagram is like a rabbit hole. So if there is an account that you want to try, so if you're a business owner, you probably are already following some of the people that you would like to promote your product. So once you find them on their Instagram profile, there's this little tiny blue down arrow in their profile and you click that button and it's going to show you similar accounts to that person. And the way that we would do it, and we still do it today this way, when, when we want to seed some more accounts that we're not finding through Grin, we take screenshots and we go down a rabbit hole. So we'll, we have in the teamy terminology internally in our HQ, we call it an origin account. So once we find an account that works, then we hit that blue down arrow and we screenshot a hundred more accounts that are in that industry and we'll reach out to them. Now, is this just the algorithm? This is the algorithm telling you basically these accounts seem similar. Is that kind of how that works? Yes. It's going to show you two things when you hit that down arrow that that account follows these accounts. So they're following that person, which you know that people follow people similar to them and other suggested accounts that are in that industry. So let's say you find out that moms do well for you, right? But moms is a big industry. Let's just say homeschooling moms, moms that homeschool their kids. I'm not sure. You hit that down arrow, you are going to find more moms that homeschool their kids through that origin account. We call it an origin account. And we'll take a ton of screenshots and then you'll spend a couple hours just outreaching to them and making these new connections and making these new deals. We call them like closing an account. And once you close the account, you can start sending out the product and start the transition from there. Okay, I'm going down the rabbit trail, outreach. Do you just DM these people? I mean, what do you do? Uh, respond to their uh, stories? I mean, like what's, what's the recommended course of action for outreach? You wanna email and DM them at the same time. So most of the time, Instagram influencers or YouTube influencers will have their email listed in their bio. And you want to email them. It's very important that you make the first two lines of the email specific to that account. Saying something along, along the lines of, I love your account so much and I've been following you forever. That doesn't work. For the record, that's the same thing. Every, but I get these every day from people that I know for a fact don't even listen to my podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. It's super weird. And I don't know why people think that this works. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't know who came up with this idea. But the first two lines need to be very specific, like, hi, Ashley, my name's Adi Arizini, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Teamy Blends, and I am obsessed with how you are homeschooling your daughter. That's very specific. Like, it's not even like, I love that you're a mom. Like, you have to say something specific about that person, and that's going to get their attention. And you tell them about your products, and you ask them if they are interested in becoming a partner or an ambassador or a partnership with your brand. And then you want to send them a DM like, hi, Ashley, I just sent you an email about my brand, blah, blah, blah. And I would love to partner with you 
check, let me know if you have any questions or something like that. Got it. Now, some people are thinking that's not very scalable, Adi. What do you want to say? What do you want to say to them? <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people are like, that's a lot of hard work. That's a lot of manual labor. And what I have to say is that I didn't have a choice. I didn't know what else to do at the time. I just knew that I wanted to grow my business. So when I started doing this, I realized that one person could reach out to and they could manage about 500 Instagram accounts, one person ongoing. So if I could do that, then I could hire others to do it with me and for me and together as a team. So we have a team of about seven girls in-house that are account managers. They're called influencer managers. And they all work off of this system. They have a bonus system in place. And they track how many accounts they close, how many accounts have posted that day and that week and that month, and how many sales all of their accounts together got. And we run it like a, like almost like a mini sales team, but they're managing the influencers to do this. So if anybody feels like this is way too much work, I would just say to start small, start with doing it yourself. If you start seeing some traction and you see opportunity in it, then hire an assistant, hire an assistant to help you do it and see if it has scale for you. It did for me to the point where that is our main still today source of traffic. And I'm not saying it's because the other sources of traffic don't work. It's just that everybody has kind of got their thing that they've figured out. And this was ours. Awesome. Talk to us about the pros and cons of working with the bigger influencers. Like what have you discovered? They're divas. (laughs) Number one. No, what the pros and cons are is that every time you are taking a risk because you are paying up front for something that you don't know if it will return or not which is why the micro-influencer experience is so important because at least you know the niche and you know that that person will perform and if they have more followers, they'll perform better. And the risk really is that you could lose the budget that you set out for that influencer, which is why I would say start really small. Even with the macro-influencers, you can start with paying them $100 a post and start with that. Don't look at the people that have a million followers. They're currently out of your reach. Start small with the micro-influencers that are free and then go very, like tread cautiously until you have the guts to be able to put your money in and basically bet on certain influencers. We are so trained in this that we're to the point where I could offer an an influencer a $40,000 deal and be confident that either it would kill it and it would slay for one post, I would pay that amount of money, or I'm taking that risk knowing I could lose all that money Mm. and I have to be okay with it. The coupon code side of things, there's probably for every X number of people that get exposed to your product through an influencer, there's probably some people that are going to buy it later and forget about the coupon code and you still have the value of it, but you can't track it. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, that's where the remarketing, the Facebook and Instagram remarketing comes in for anyone that went to our website and didn't purchase. And, you know, they they might purchase later because of a reminder. Right. So there is value in offering coupon codes. Is that the only way to do it? Is coupon codes or have you also found that sometimes you don't need to offer discounts at all or is it just mostly for a tracking thing and that's why you recommend coupon codes? It's for tracking, right? but there would be no way to track it. How would you know 
which influencer to work with again yeah. and which one not to. Because the, the key thing is that whether they're a micro influencer or a macro influencer, you have to think about how do I maintain the sales? Right. And the way to maintain it is by finding the ones that work and creating an actual relationship with them so that they don't just post once. You have to have them to post every two weeks or every month or every week to really show that they have a collaboration with the brand. And that is why the tracking is so important because if you find the people that work, you need to get them to post again so that you can make more sales. Where, where people kind of fall off is they put up a post with an influencer and then they're almost like, oh, that was the contract and now it's over. And I sent them product, they posted, they made two sales, goodbye. No, if they made two sales, then they could make two more sales next time they post or they could make more or they could make less. So it's really that, uh, account management of perpetual posting and scheduling them to post again and again and again. Well, I, let's talk about that. So what I'm hearing you say and what I've heard you say over and over again is it's not just getting them to promote your product once, but you want to develop a relationship with these people. So how in the world do we develop that relationship? What are the steps that you take with your team of seven and maybe you just did by yourself in the beginning in order to decide which people are worth building the relationship with and the actions necessary to keep that fire stoked, if you will. If they're making sales, they're worth a relationship. For us, we had obviously every business, depending on the product that you're selling, will have its own metrics. But for us, especially in the beginning, if the influencer made one sale, they covered the cost of me shipping the product out to them and the product itself. So to me, anybody that made one sale I would work with again. That was then, right? That was how I looked at it at the beginning. And what you have to do, and this is why having an account manager or having basically someone to run your influencer marketing campaign is so important. So let's say you have influencer Ashley. You sent Ashley one of your products. You told her exactly what you wanted, exactly what you needed. And you scheduled the post with her and it was going to be on Thursday. And she posted you want to be really in communication with them. Hey, Ashley, I saw your post. Thank you so much. I loved how you mentioned so-and-so about the product. And um, I will check in on you in a couple of days and give you an update on the sales, right? And let's say you saw that the person made two sales. So you say, hi, Ashley, happy Tuesday. I hope you had a great weekend. I wanted to let you know that you had two sales in the last couple of days. That's incredible. I'm so excited that your followers love the recommendation of our product. Like the influencers love to know that their followers are interested in what they're promoting because it goes along with their brand, the influencer's brand. And then you would put in the email, how about scheduling your next post in two weeks? How does, you know, November 20th work for you? And you get that locked in and you continue that cycle. This is fascinating because <laughs> anybody who's listening, who's worked with affiliates, which isn't that far off from what you're talking about, right? Like we have hundreds of affiliates for the products that we sell. You know, typically the way it works is you just send out the promotion and say, here you go. Here's all the assets and that's it. And then maybe you remind them, hey, we're having a sale. Here's all the assets and that's it. But what you're talking about is like actually you know, working with people like, wow, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not rocket science, but at the same time, it's like, nobody does it right. Because the internet makes it real easy to just one and done these things, push a button, send it out to the masses. 
but you're talking about managing people one-on-one. Like what yes. tools do you use to even keep track of all this stuff? Well, we use Asana, which is a similar we love that. Yep. channel like Slack. We use that very heavily um, for calendars and for scheduling and for daily reminders. Like when I schedule an influencer to post, I put it on my Asana calendar or I, I did at the time. Like, okay, Ashley needs to post on Thursday. She agreed to that. And then I know to follow up with her. We use a tracking software for all of the codes and all of the influencer accounts that we've actually created in-house because my business partner is a coder. So we were able to create this tracking software in-house, but other tracking softwares like Grin exist. We just have a very particular way that we want to run our business, which is based off of profit. And so we want to see certain things in this dashboard. Those are the main two tools. We use that. Um, and then we use Gmail Boomerang, which I feel like not enough people use and not enough people know about. Tell us what that is. Gmail Boomerang is a email follow-up reminder feature that is $10 a month. It's very cheap for every email that you put it on. And it adds it to the bottom of your email. And I boomerang every email that I send, period. And not even for influencer marketing. So wait, tell us what that does exactly. I'm not sure I'm tracking Okay. It. Yeah, so let's say you are sending an outreach to an influencer, right? And you're saying, hi, Ashley, and you're sending her the initial outreach. You push this little button at the bottom of the Gmail app, which is the Boomerang app, and it says, return to me in one week if no one responded. Okay, I see. And it brings it back up to your email so that you can then follow up with that person. So Boomerang is like our holy grail because follow-up, it's all in the follow-up. Because if you're sending, like, if you send out 100 emails to 100 influencers to work with them and you never followed up, then you're never going to get anywhere. So we also have a very specific follow-up, like you must follow up every one week and then two weeks and then three weeks. And that's what I use also for when I'm talking with my internal team. Like if I'm sending something to someone and I want to make sure that I get a response, after it leaves my email, I kind of forget that I even sent it. So... I always boomerang any type of email that I want a response on just to make sure. And if they do respond, that it won't bounce back. Mm -hmm. What about the thinking that sometimes some of these Instagram influencers are only on Instagram? They don't even check email. Do you also DM them to let them know you sent them a message or what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's like I said in the beginning, um, you want to send the outreach email and then you want to send them a DM like, hey, I sent you an email. Got it. So every time you do a follow-up, you should also... Depending on how responsive Depending they on are. the person. Yeah. A lot of them really are responsive on email. You'd yeah. be surprised. I'm surprised at how many of them aren't that I work with. You know, I don't work mm. with influencers, but I work with a lot of the guests that have been on the show. And I find that I can almost always reach them on Instagram. Yep. And sometimes it gets stuck with an assistant or something, you know, and I don't, I mean, maybe it depends on the size of the the influencer or whatever, you know, and sometimes I even go through messenger. Sometimes I even text message people. I've just learned over time that some people respond best on this channel. You know, when you're building these relationships and doing this basic follow-up, I would imagine some people end up following a different track because they do so good. Is that true? Is there some people that are just crushing it or is it just the same, whether they're selling one versus 50 as far as your follow-up and your relationship building? You know, it, once you see that someone is doing well, you almost like hyper, hyper speed the relationship building because you're like, oh my God, I just got a winner here, you know, or like, oh, this person posted. Like it's to the point, Michael, that 
if you work with some of these macro influencers, they could make a post and make 200 sales in a day. I'm not kidding. Wow. Like this is the value that people don't understand is that there's actual money behind it. And so if I know that this, and I worked with this influencer and oh my goodness, she makes 200 sales on average every time that she posts. Now it, there's a whole science to that as well, but I'm going to make sure that I show that influencer all the love that she deserves. I can send them gift packages. I can create just a, a very friendly relationship. Most of the people that we work with love their influencer manager. Like they love them, like they're friends. That's the kind of relationships that we're building with our influencers. Well, and I would imagine sometimes that involves just watching what they're posting on stories and mm -hmm. re responding with, mm -hmm. the, with real responses. Like, wow, congratulations on that big win or engagement or that. It's so cool that you're in Hawaii right now. You know, check out this it's restaurant. absolutely right. Right. Yes. So what about the ongoing action side of things? Because some people are like, all right, you know, I feel like it's hard to get anybody to take one action, let alone the ongoing side of it. Do you have any tips on encouraging these people to do this on a regular basis and, and or, or maybe any roadblocks they might face when they're trying to, hey, congratulations, you got some sales. Can we schedule you for more? Like they might get a not sure, whatever. How do you respond to that kind of a response? When you have objections, you have to understand them and then give a solution. So somebody will be like, yeah, maybe, uh, I'm not sure, follow up in a week. And then you, you just do. And then you're like, hey, I think it would be a great idea to, to give your followers an update on how you're doing with this skincare product that you promoted three weeks ago. And plus, I could send you more commission after you make the sales. And so you always want to kind of give them a solution. And believe me, there's every kind of reason that they're going to tell you why not, which is why the relationship building, if you have that relationship with them and it's real and genuine, you are going to increase your likelihood of them doing you favors or working with you so much more. How many times can realistically, in the best case scenario for you, how many mm -hmm. times a year can you get a single influencer to post about you? Depends. If they're micro-influencer, they might be posting 10 to 20 times a year easily. Got it. If they are a macro influencer, usually with them will work like once a month because with the macro influencers, you want to space it out. You want to space it out because if you work with someone and they made a hundred sales and you paid them a ton of money, you want to give that post time to be profitable. So if you spent a thousand dollars on that post and it's brought back $500 so far, you're like, okay, well, I'm still out of pocket $500. So you want to give it time to allow it to become closer to profitable before working with them again. So it usually ends up being 30 to 45 days between times of working with an influencer that is a macro influencer. Are you guys using feed posts, stories, reels, IGTV, all of the above? I mean, what's your thoughts on, on the medium inside of Instagram? All of the above. Uh, what's important is that you look at what works well for that account. So if that account really kills it with selfies, then you have to make sure that your product post is a selfie. You cannot have it look different than the feed. And this is where a lot of people do influencer marketing wrong in the sense that 
you will be following a girl and she has a specific theme to her feed. Okay. All, let's just say all of the pictures have her babies in them. Let's just say. And then all of a sudden you get a very professional, very staged looking photo of her on the couch holding a product. You know, instantly that it's an ad and you instantly don't want to trust that influencer. And I realized this early, early on seven years ago, and I realized that you have to direct the influencer. What we do is we actually send links from their own profile. Like here are three pictures that are similar to what, what we want you to do from their own profile so that they understand, oh, they just want me to take a selfie with this, like, like this in my gym clothes. Okay. And that they can create the content that seems native or looks organic to their feed and doesn't just feel like, okay, they're just have an ad here. This has been absolutely incredible, especially for anyone who's struggled and failed <laughs> with working with influencers or anybody who's been like, man, I haven't tried that. We need to try that. Um, if people want to find out more about you, your company, where do you want to send them? Well, for my company, you can follow us on Instagram at Teamy Blends or go to our website, www.teamyblends.com. And we should just mention Teamy is spelled T-E-A-M-I just because I might not know because this is audio. Mm -hmm. So keep going, T-E-A-M-I blends.com. That's right. And then if they want, you want to follow me and say hello, it's at Adi Arizini. And I'd love to, to chat and say hi to anybody that has questions about influencer marketing. I know that it sounds like a lot of hard work, but know that it has such an upside to it. And it's spelled A-D-I-A-R-E-Z-Z-I-N-I, just in case you're not sure. Adi Arzini, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us. That was really incredible. Thanks for having me. Hey, if you missed anything, I took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 436. If you're new to the show, hit the subscribe button. If you've been a longtime listener, let your friends know about the show. I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your fast-talking host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.